Hello and welcome to the In the Ring Pedigree Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital. We have a special show for you today, interviewing three jockeys about the ongoing discussion concerning the whip in North America. You'll hear a lot of interesting stuff over the course of the next 35 minutes or so, right down to the fact if we should even be calling this device a whip or something else. And now I'd like to bring in our regular correspondent, Naomi Tucker. Naomi, how are you today? Hi, Pete. I'm doing well. How are you today? Things are good. Um, there's this issue in racing that I've wanted to address for a long time, and we haven't done really anything about it on the show. I've talked about it a bit in passing, but we haven't really gotten a chance to dive down into it. And it's really a very complicated issue and probably one that's more complicated than a lot of people think at first glance. And it's the whip or the crop or whatever we want to, 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 to refer to it as. But I know this is an issue that you and I, I think, feel pretty similarly about. And we've both argued with people within and without the industry. And you had the idea to do something a little bit different here. Actually go to the people who this affects the most, the jockeys, while we have a conversation about it ourselves, I want to get a little bit of background about this issue and why you think it's important. I very much agree with you that it's a complicated issue that seems more simple on the surface than it really is. And especially when speaking to the jockeys, there were certain arguments that they put forward that made me realize you know, how much it's ingrained in their job and in their sport and also the importance of being able to carry a crop or fishing crop, as they would like to call them. And I personally want to address it as well, I think from a similar point of view as you, that it is one of the things that is currently going on. It's maybe not the most important issue or threat we currently have in horse racing, but it is something that is very reoccurring, especially when you talk to people that aren't in the racing industry looking into the sport, the first thing that they will always ask me is, why do you hit the horses? And why do you not look after them well? Which has nothing, you know, look, looking at the whip use and, and the way the horses are looked after, actually, it isn't related. We look after the horses incredibly well, and we don't want to hurt our horses. And that's a, a sentiment that was reiterated by many of the jockeys as well. But it's to the public, it is something that seems to be interlinked. And also right. for them, a reason to not want to follow our sport and to not want to get engaged with it. For example, some of my close friends are like, it's great what you're doing around the world and we all love horses as well. But, you know, I just can't support your sport because you hit your horses. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's something that I'd like to counteract. But also when we're talking about these new whip rules and when we're looking at what's currently going on in, in our industry, we do need to implement change. And hence, I thought it was such a great topic to discuss with the jockeys who are so closely involved and discuss with you. And we don't want to discount their point of view at all and what you'll be hearing from them uh, a little bit later in this segment. But I do want to just underline that point that I've had that experience with people outside of racing. The aesthetics of it are not good. And in a world where perception is reality and we're already viewed by many as being like a sport out of time or something out of date. That's one issue. And then the other issue is 
there's a lot of bad arguments against racing, and we've heard a lot of them, and we've dismissed a lot of them on this show and in other things I've written. And I'm very concerned with putting forth the reality about horse racing, which is that it is not a sport that is cruel to animals. It is a sport with the horse at its center. It is a partnership, and it, you know, is something that I have zero problem saying is ethical. The best argument I've heard against my point of view and my defense of racing is, and I'll say it all the time, the horses, I've used the line a lot, the horses, they're literally born to run. Okay, they, and I'll talk about how they enjoy their jobs, which I also believe. And the best argument I've heard against it is, if they love their job so much, if they're born to run, then why do you have to hit them to do it? And I'll admit, I get a little tongue-tied at that one. And I, I like to point to the idea of uh, cushion whips, and I've long been a proponent of having, at the very least, uh, regulations to limit the use of the whip and to have the horse have to have an opportunity to react. And I figure if you have a comprehensive set of plans and you educate and you can make a case that the whip isn't something that's harmful to the horse and that the jockey's needed for safety, I figure you might be able to get a conversation about uh, whip regulation that people in racing can largely agree on. But it's tough because you have extremes of the argument on both sides, really, with some people wanting to get rid of the whip for everything but safety and others wanting no changes at all to the current environment. I think before we go too deep into this, Naomi, we'll come back and button this up. But I do think listeners will benefit from hearing from the riders and their perspectives. You talked to a number of jockeys. Where do you think we should begin? Well. I think first and foremost, we should begin with listening to Johnny Velasquez, who's one of the most senior representatives of the Jockeys Room. He's a chairman, co-chairman of the Jockeys Guild, and he's someone that is, has decades of riding experience. And aside from that, he's someone that is very able to articulate and explain why the jockeys have the viewpoint they have at the moment, why they use the whip, and, and what, what sort of the frustrations are that they've experienced surrounding this whip debate and, and during their uh, talks with different parties. And I really think that he outlines what the current situation is, what they're working on, and what he believes would be the best way forward. There have recently been a couple of rule changes regarding the whip in both Maryland and California. I think at some point in these uh, nine or so minutes we're going to play of your interview with Johnny, he goes into them. But just so people know going in, what are these new rules? So in California, they actually haven't been implemented yet. There's been a proposal for a rule change to maximize the amount of whip strikes to six, and that's only underhand use, so there's no um, overhand use of the whip. But then there's a new rule that has been implemented that was actually put forward by the jockeys themselves um, in Maryland, so by the Maryland Jockey Club, and that's a maximum of 10 strikes, and that you can't strike a horse three time, more than three times in a row because you have to give them a chance to respond so those are, well, there's one impending rule, so to speak. It's now up for debate. And the other one has actually been implemented. And there's no rule changes that has been, have been put into place yet in, for example, Gulfstream or up in New York. Okay, we're going to go to this interview now. Just listeners, keep in mind, this was actually in the jocks room, it sounds like, Naomi? It was, it was. I was speaking to all the guys in the jockey room. So there's a lot of sort of noise, going background noise. 
But, you know, it adds to the atmosphere. <laughs> All right, let's go to that interview with Johnny V and Naomi right now. It's a beautiful sunny day here at Gulfstream Park, and I'm joined by Hall of Fame rider Johnny Velasquez, who's also the co-chairman of the Jockeys Guild, hence making you a great senior representative of the Jockeys Colony. And, Johnny, would you be able to explain to us what are the current issues surrounding the whip debate here in the United States? How long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I just started that. Um, obviously, a very difficult situation that we are in. Um, I just think there are so many other things that we can, and, and, and partially some with their cushion crop, which is not a whip any, any, anymore, um, that it needs to be explained to the public more, educate the public, and within ourselves, um, between the trainers and, and, and stewards and management a little more than just putting a number to the, the times that you strike the horse. Um, by saying that, you know, it's like I, I have been through the country, like you said, obviously, um, being the chairman, the co-chair with Mike Smith and uh, met with different peoples and different uh, industry leaders and uh, commissions, if you will. And, and uh, I'm a little disappointed. I'm disappointed about how they, they're going about it, not really taking the input that we, we're trying to do. We, listen, we, we want racing to survive another million years. It's just, just as simple as that, though. And, and I think... If we start trying to please the people who actually don't want any racing, um, then we have no racing then five, ten years from now because they want to come for more and more. Uh, I think the, the other problems that we have about the breakdowns and everything, I think that we are addressing those problems. I think we are getting better. We have to do much better, and don't get me wrong. I think that the whip and laces is, 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 a, is a topic that they should be more, de more de debatable uh, for the future of racing. Um, so I am disappointed. I mean, we, we, we talked to a lot of people and, and a lot of leadership, like I said before, and, and everybody has different views and different things, and, and I think it's, it's the wrong way to do it. It's, there's things that we need to uh, address about the cushion crap. Yes, there is. I'm not saying that, that we don't have to address some of the uh, issues that we have, but not the way they're trying to do it, though. You know, And, and if you go back to uh, to your, the European, the way they started, they started with, within 11 times, 11 strikes, they went to eight strikes, they went with seven, they're going to five, they're going to three. I mean, how far can you go? And and then race is not gonna gonna be there. So, I mean, horses are very unpredictable. Um, so they need a command, you know, to respect the things that you do, the, the, the things that you see on TV, the horse who's booked and uh, everybody sees it. That's the things that you guys see and the ones that we get surprised because those are the ones that actually surprise you for that moment. But most of the horses, they give you a sign before they do something. Most horses are going to let you know before they do anything. So you got to let them know a command that you're in control, you know. And I think this is what I'm trying to explain to a lot of people and to understand it that, you know, one fit doesn't fit all. Though. You know, one horse is going to react differently today than tomorrow and the next day or next week and the next month. The same horses, the same horses you rode today, it might be different and see something different with a different track or something on the track and it's going to react different and say so by saying that it's very difficult to just be pointing one way what would be the best way to do it um so i think we need to be very careful and how we are addressing the problem that we're trying to do and and uh on the other hand we have a business to run as well you know it's sad to say it but it's a business um but we have changed the the whip to the cushion crap right now that we have data that doesn't cut, doesn't do welds, doesn't damage the, on the skin and the horse, and so on, so on. So there are things that we can communicate with the public to those who want to be educated and make their own mind. Though the people who don't want any racing, they don't want anything. They don't want racing at all, whether it's the whip or whether it's the license, or it's the racing period. Though, you know, but it's a lot of people out there who 
doesn't know anything about racing and the only thing they hear is about the bad things so, you know we don't put anything uh that is like how we do take care of the horses and how they're being taken care of and and horses who do retire go to homes and to try to you know to get adapted and so on and so on and we got to do better on that as well um so those things that it can help to those people who has not made their minds up yet though, you know um so it's, yes it's a very touchy uh touchy subject and I am very disappointed because, like I said before, we've been talking to industry leaders and um, everybody had different ideas, and, and, and I don't think it, sh- it should be that way. Listen, before I was a rider, I, w- I loved horses. This, is, this was my life because I was not raised on the, on the racetrack. I, was, I grew up around horses, and that was my passion. I mean, I became a jockey because I love horses, not because I love racing. No, racing was something that I learned later on. Going back to about the cushion crap, because I'm not going to call it a whip anymore, because really, that's that's what it is. Um, I wish we'd do much, much better and explaining where we started. When I came here um, in the early 90s, the whip that we had, I mean, it was much aggressive. I mean, it was really, really aggressive. In California, the proposal is six times maximum number of strikes am i yes, correct in yes. that and then now there's with, been with down with the whip down yeah. Yeah, not in the overhand position yes, exactly, yeah. and then in maryland there's been new rules imposed of 10 times maximum strike and i believe three times in consecutive in consecutive order, yes and then you have to give them time to response how do you feel about that <laughs> they're all halfway in the middle um if you if you read the 10 times but it, that includes even if you touch it on the shoulder so I mean, if you're trying to get the attention to the horse and doing something, it's so like you touch the horse two, three times, four times, and like you basically down down the lane, you got four times or Even five for times you know, for safety if purposes. You tap them exactly, on the yes. Or getting position to the first end that you aren't in a tight position, you're trying to get position, just like you messed up now. I mean, you, you get in trouble, you know. So things there like that, a horse logging in or getting out, what do you do now? So how many times am I allowed to do it, though, you know? Um, so there's things that is, is just written so poorly that they're not really thinking about the danger that can happen on the horses uh, and on the races to me, to the, my horse and to my fellow riders and horses though. And this is where I'm coming from, that there's one doesn't fit all, you know, and in it, like I said before, one horse is gonna react different today than it's gonna be in, in another race. So they're too strict to something that they're only fueling more wood to the fire to the people. It's like, it's, it's totally wrong. But I mean, I, well, what we proposed in, even in California was before they come about any time we, we use it down, it would not count at all, you know, to make sure that we have the ability to make sure that we can place the horse where we want and cause it. And then if we do pick it up, make sure that more than, no, no more than seven times with a, 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 a that was our, probably a perfect because at least you can control the horse and let him know where you want to be in and get a position and, and it won't not count but once you pick it up then seven times should be more than enough so, you know that that would be the best case scenario well a reoccurring theme you mentioned is the education education, education of the yes. general public mm-hmm. but how do you explain to someone that doesn't know much about horses doesn't know much about racing that the hitting of horses as it looks as it sounds doesn't hurt them and is to you know for their benefit how do you explain that to someone well, it's very simple i mean i can i can give you the the crap right now and i hear in the hand or here and it's like and you'll see how it is it, it, it doesn't really hurt though you know and towards a skin which is much uh you know softer than than the hair and and the layer of of the horse though you know and i weighed 110 pounds or horse weighs a thousand pounds so uh there's a little bit of difference there <laughs>
But then if you say it does it doesn't hurt them, they'll go, okay, what's the use of it then? What is still the, the encouraging because it gives, use Because it, it gives it a command to do something, though. You know, most horses uh, hurt horses. Most horses are going to run and they're not very competitive. So if you don't they give them a command, they're not going to be competitive. That's basically what it is. So you want competition or you don't want any competition. They're just going to run. Most horses are just going to go right by one. And when they get to another horse, not going to pass the horse on the, on the lead. So it's competitive. So if you want something to be competitive, you're going to have to do something to give it a command to the horse to do the best as they can. I mean, that's as simple as that. Do you think it's feasible to try and explain this to the vast general public in the United States? Absolutely. I'm sick. I have a daughter that was... Grew up, was born and raised, and and and, and raised it. I have a son who was born, and I I went to the schools when they were little. I brought uh, equalizer, I brought my helmet, and brought my goggles, my whip, and everything. None of those kids came back. So why do you hit them though? All they wanted to get on there and try to do so. Like it's it's very simple. You, when you explain something when they're very young into the adults, they understand that's not to hurt the horse. It's to give a command to to the horse to you know to oh, keep them straight or make sure they do the job they need to do without harming them. And that's it's a competitive business and that's what basically what it is. Um, but at the same time we have to take care of the horses too. You know, it's not about abusing the horses, it's about being competitive and do the best you can without hurting the horses. Very interesting stuff there from John Velasquez. You can hear his passion for this. You can hear his love of the game and you can hear a lot about the complexity of these issues. I mean he makes a bunch of good cases. One counterpoint I would make not really counterpoint, but just just a, a quibble, I guess I had, is I feel like he says at some point in there, correctly, that racing doesn't want to spend too much time appeasing its harshest critics because those critics are not going to care for us anyway, even with really cogent whip rules, etc. But, you know, for me, this really comes more down to that issue of marketing the game to future generations. I think it's it's one thing, you know, when he's in the school and has the opportunity to explain to kids, <laughs> that's we're not really able to do that to every human. And what they see is so to their eyes, ugly, that it works against us in marketing this sport to future generations. Our relationship with animals keeps changing more and more. And I do think the aesthetics of it um, are worth, it's worth addressing. It's definitely worth addressing. I think he has some really good thoughts on how to make rules that make a whole lot more sense. What was your impression talking to him? Did he convince you at all about uh, maybe not having the, 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 as strict whip restrictions as you or I might like to see? I thought he made some very valid points and definitely gave us some insight into why it is so important to them and what the complexities of the issue are. And I agree with you in a way that with the races being live broadcasted on national TV that reaches millions of homes, we can't go to all of these homes or to these schools and educate those people about what actually goes on in horse racing. And I... I, his argument that if we're if we to implement stricter rules and then the jockeys get banned and fines, we're basically making them the bad people and and telling other people, look, these jockeys are breaking the rules and not doing well. In a way, I think that it is an argument because you don't want them to look like they're you know hitting horses too often or doing something wrong. But on the other hand, and that's the point that you made earlier um, before we got on the show as well, is that. We have to be shown to implement these rules because we want to correct the industry and we want to try and have uniformity amongst us all. So it's, it's really complex and you really can't 
argue both sides of it, but from a personal point of view, I think that, like you mentioned, the aesthetic and the optics, we have to change it because we cannot go around explaining ourselves to everyone all of the time. We have to find a middle ground that works for everyone and that makes us look better towards the general public that doesn't have that basic false knowledge. A couple of extra points. Whatever decisions are made about rules, I want John Velasquez involved. I mean, he made some really <laughs> good points about things that maybe yeah. are, maybe are, maybe aren't allowed. We've heard some conflicting information, but that don't really make logical sense. This, this is a voice I want in this conversation. And I love the point he made about the cushion crop not hurting and the idea that you could demonstrate that. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing at a busy meet like Saratoga a, a daily demonstration of somebody with like, hey, here's here's the whip and how it works. See, it doesn't hurt the horses. If we can get start getting that message out there at the grassroots level, maybe it can permeate into the culture. And the, the excellent explanation he gave about these being pack animals, we didn't use the whole thing, but he was talking about how not every horse is a champion. It's not that they don't like running, but for them to run ahead of another horse, they're going to need a command to do so. The cushion crop that doesn't hurt is that command. That is a really good argument in defense of the whip. And I, I think that uh, if you can work on the aesthetics of it with, with rules that make sense and you can get that message out to the public, I feel like that's a spot I can, I can live with, with still having a whip involved in racing now you talk to a few other riders as well where are we going to go next naomi well i got the chance to speak to jersey joe bravo as well and this was um in the jock room again and he he makes some very good points about the safety of the jockeys involved and he is opposed to imposing stricter rules so i thought it, it was quite interesting and he he makes the analogy of saying it's like driving a car, but you don't really have a steering wheel if you can't use the whip to correct the horse. So I really think he's trying to explain it in a much more graspable way. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing back what he has to say. Let's go to that right now. As we continue the debate surrounding the riding crop issue in the United States, I'm joined by jockey Joe Bravo as we're actually in the colors room of Gulfstream Park, trying to find a bit of a quiet spot. And Joe, we had a bit of a chat about this before and you've made some very valid points. What is your initial sentiment towards the increasing limiting of number of times that you can use the whip? Well, to be honest, I really don't know. I'm really uh, just kind of set back with the whole situation. I mean, riding a race without a whip is going to be like really kind of going on riding on an icy road without being able to steer too well i mean part of racing is the whip i mean it is one of the oldest sport in racing it's something that kids from 10 years old was taught to ride with a whip and now you're trying to say okay ride that horse without any encouragement to the animal to make a horse run uh it's going to be really interesting um the only thing i could really say they're probably looking at a very small part of horse racing that I kind of see it as worried about a speeding ticket compared to what's really going on in the world today. Whip is probably the smallest issue we have in horse racing. I could say out of seven days a week, I get hit several times by another jockey's whip in a race. And by the time I get back to the jockstrom, I do not have a mark on my arm or back where that whip has struck me. And my skin's a lot thinner than a horse's skin. So that justifies me that can't be 
too tough. So when it comes to trying to address the public perception, what should we be doing moving forward? I think horse racing is in the complete right direction, but to worry about a whip is really worry about speeding tickets compared to what's going on in the real world again, as I say. Uh, I, I think it's part of the sport to get the horse to run. It's a part of encouragement. It's, it's the will to win. Uh, how does a rider try when you take that away? It has been shown that even though the sport itself has sentiments of remaining, keeping the use of the whip, the outside influencing influence such as governing bodies have have had the tendency of trying to restrict it and unfortunately we do have to listen to what's going on outside of our sport because they have got such a strong influence on what can happen to the future do you think we need to find a better compromise or how do we involve them and let them in and make sure that we come out on the better side of this I wish I really had the right reason how to educate the public on how we run, ride a race. It's kind of me like sitting back at tennis or seeing how a movie is made. I mean, you love the final product of a movie, but I can't tell you all the details to get it done. A horse race is something that if you knew horse racing, you could see why the whip is in part of the horse race. A horse's reaction a jockey could feel so much more faster than watching it on TV. The horse is going to sense and it feels something looking at it ahead, and only the rider could really feel that and react in fast enough time. And then the public is looking back and saying, why'd that rider hit him? Well, he could feel that horse making a reaction and making a move by something caught his eyesight. The horse had something that doctor shied from before anybody could see it. And I'm not going to sit here and show you how to play tennis. I'm not going to show you how to make a film. But I'd hate for you to sit here and tell me how to ride a racehorse that I've been doing for over 30-something years. Some good points there, Naomi, from Joe Bravo as well. The sound changed there. Were you still in the jocks room or had you moved somewhere? Well, we actually moved to the silk room trying to find a quiet spot, but it seemed to have made it worse because they then <laughs> turn on the washing machines and I'm standing there going, oh, oh. oh that's <laughs> what that is. I knew there was a wor- a better engineer than me would have been able to take that right out, but uh, you know, you're, you're stuck with me for this one. So I did want to bring in the Tyler Gaffleyone perspective here. He's been a little bit more involved and a little bit more uh, down with the concept of these rules. Would you say that's an accurate description? He's a, he's a great young representative of the sport, and he definitely is looking at it from a little bit of a different point of view indeed. He says we need uniform rules and we need to, you know, find the comp- find common ground he seems to be just a little bit more inclined to agree with the implementation of the rules that some of the other jockeys have been okay let's get to this interview now you're back in the jocks room so don't be alarmed by the crack of the pool ball listeners here's naomi with tyler gaffleone i spoke to some of the other jockeys and you tweeted out your support for the new racing regulations new whip rules in place in maryland what was your motivation behind that? Uh, more so just uh, it's a step in the right direction, I believe. Uh, it's kind of creating more of a, um, a, just a central um, idea, basically. Hopefully we can get more people involved because there's a lot of people uh, with the PETA involved nowadays uh, saying how we abuse them and they're overused. Really, they're for our safety. And yes, we like to encourage our horse, but it's n- we're not having fun beating on these horses. We don't enjoy whipping them or anything. It's just... We're trying to get the best results and keep everybody safe and keep our horses straight. Um, I like the idea of minimizing strikes, the strike count. Uh, I think that's a great improvement. Um, just keep everyone happy. And like I said, we don't want to harm the horses. So 
And I'm a big fan of Ramon Dominguez's GT360 whip. I think padding on it's great. It's like a Nerf gun. I whip myself as hard as I can and it just bounces. It's more for noise and just get their horse's attention. But I just, I believe that um, going forward in the future, if we can get more tracks involved, whether it be five or seven strikes, uh, kind of like Europe does, uh, I think it would be a great improvement for America racing. I was going to say, is there an ideal number of strikes or overhand, underhand use that you would prefer, or are you afraid they go down too low, possibly in the future? You know, I, I think I think if we go, drop too low, it limits us and um, what we can do, and say there is an incident where a horse overreacts. Like a couple weeks ago, I rode a horse for Christophe Clement. As soon as he made the lead, he lugged in. I hit him one time left-handed, ducked out, four pass. I hit him, I switched six, waved it to him right-handed, ducked in again. And he was just erratic, but it just, for cases like that, you know, um, for us to be so limited, it, I think it's hard for us to do our job and keep everyone safe. Do you think that in the near future there'd be a day that they prohibit the use of whips in general and might just carry for safety? You know, I, I sure hope not. Um, just because then you're going to have, um, everybody has an opinion, you know, and I think if we can just come together and come up with a general rule across the country, I think it would prevent a lot of um, complications, I would say, and just make everything easier for the riders, the betting public, and the horsemen and horses themselves. And looking ahead of the, at the future and the future of the horse racing industry, do you think that using these whip rules would be a positive way forward towards public perception or you think there's other things in play as well? Uh, you know, I definitely think it's a step in the right direction towards public uh, perception. Um, you know, with the things going on in California and everything, it, it's very difficult and uh, it seems like everyone's kind of against it right now, but they don't see all the good that racing has to offer and how many jobs it supplies and how great these horses are t taken care of. I mean, you go down the backside. Uh, you see these grooms, this is this their life. They love these horses. You come in the afternoon after the race, even if they lose, they're petting on them, loving them. They're incredible animals. I love them myself. I have three retired horses myself, and uh, we spend every, basically every day with them. And this is our life. I grew up in horse racing, always been involved with horses, and I love them to death. So the other jockeys that I spoke to were actually a bit more negatively perceived against the whip regulation. What do you think their motivations are for that? Uh, more so, we want to have more control. Um, basically, there there was a an idea introduced, and it just the it was it's coming from people that I've never ridden before. You know, um, like I said, I'm not trying to say how many strikes we need or how many we don't need. I just think uh, if we can get a general rule, that way everybody's on board and we can present that to the public and show everyone that we're trying to make positive improvements, I think it would be beneficial for everyone. Well, I certainly hope that they can come to an agreement that is useful and beneficial for everyone. Indeed. Thank you so much, Tyler. My pleasure. Nice work, Naomi. Three really interesting interviews, some different perspectives, especially from Tyler Gaffleone. I'd love to wrap up today talking about if speaking to the jockeys changed your view at all and sort of where your view is relative to the three riders we heard from when it comes to this whip debate it did change my view a little bit of, of course it does when someone gives you such inside knowledge inside knowledge and and just trying to make you understand what they're coming from of course you're going to relate to it in a certain, to a certain degree 
I must admit that my standpoint is closer to that of Tyler, is that you want uniform rules, you want to move forward, and you want to put out there that we are making adjustments in our industry, working with these various groups to make our sport better. I agree. I do want to see more buy-in from the jocks. Obviously, Tyler agrees with that. And I think that, you know, hopefully the likes of Joe and Johnny would be down if the jockeys got more of a say in what these rules are going to be. I do think where Johnny and Joe might need to bend a little is the idea of having regulations as I mean, yes, there, there's there's a marketing element to it for sure, but it is something we have to think about. And I think as long as it's done with the jockey's input and in a way where they turn this into a PR win by having the information out there about what's really going on, I feel like everybody can win. I do think the riders do a great job of taking the far part of this argument, which the people out there who say, oh, no, there should be a whip only for safety. I think they make a lot of compelling arguments as to why that's not needed and that's going too far. And I think that Tyler ends up in his comments to me in the right place that really reflects the reality of the sport today and society today. And this is nothing against uh, obviously Joe or Johnny who are much closer to my age, but I think Tyler with his youth is maybe a little more in touch with the cultural zeitgeist as far as that goes. Do you think that's fair to say as a young person yourself? I'd say he's definitely in touch a bit more with my generation and the generation currently today is much more ethically aware of, industries of sports of, of businesses and he very much represents that and it's something that i try to represent as well and, and when you are speaking to these senior jockeys they are looking a bit more from sh- surely just a point of view of them riding for so for so long which has been in times that racing was in a, in a much different place and there was much different rules so yes i do feel that perhaps age difference has a little bit of influence here but I think that you're very much on point when saying that we want to find a solution with all the jockeys on board because it regards them, their job, their safety and livelihood. A hundred percent. It's a big mistake, obviously. This shouldn't even need to be said, but it does. That these rules cannot be made without the consultation of the people who are out there risking their lives and have this perspective. So I think I think there's a common ground here that actually could be a win for racing. I actually feel more optimistic after having uh, gone deeper into the topic than I did before. That's not always the way it works and it makes me feel uh, makes me feel pretty good about this. Nice job on this Naomi. We look forward to hearing a lot more from you in the coming uh, weeks and months on a variety of topics. I had a lot of fun speaking to all the jockeys as well. So definitely looking forward to doing more segments with jockeys, trainers, and other people. I'm I'm now based here in Maryland, so very much want to get ahead and see who we can find here. But there's a lot of great trainers and characters here, so there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. We'll thank Naomi Tucker, John Velasquez, Joe Bravo, and Tyler Gafflione for their contributions. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. In the Money Media's business manager is Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May the hammer drop your way. 